With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello and welcome to the Everything is Black and White podcast. It's time for a match review. I'm Andrew Musgrove and as usual joined by John Gibson. Watford, the visitors to St. James's Park this Saturday in what is, and I'm sorry to use the phrase again, a must-win game for Newcastle United. We had a pound, John, Ferry time we said that. Absolutely. But this is a must, 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 <laughs> must win game. We start, though, with good news. Chris Wood is officially a Newcastle United player. He's signed just before we've hit record on this episode. It's if Amanda Staveley and the rest of the gang knew we were recording this, John, so we could talk about Chris Wood officially being a magpie. Absolutely. Absolutely. He signed in time for the game against Watford. You assume he will start. Absolutely. Big signing. Not the signing many people expected, maybe with all the money and cash, but Premier League experience. His record is similar to that of Callum Wilson. He's getting a bit of stick from elsewhere, but if you look at the stats, he's just as good as Callum Wilson. Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the obvious type of signing Newcastle would make at this stage of their development. We aren't going to go out and sign a 20 to 30 goal man a season, uh, goal scorer a season, because we aren't in a position, being in the bottom three, to do that. It's building bricks. We're going to, I mean, Wood is the man that can keep us in the Premier League and take us up to mid table. When we eventually go beyond that, Wood will not be our centre forward. But that it's building bricks, as Killer Kill Klein at the back was a building brick for Kevin Keegan. He is the right man for this moment because he's affordable and he will come. Uh, you're not going to get 30 goals a season, guys, coming to Newcastle at this stage of the proceedings. So it is a predictable signing. What's good about it is he knows exactly what the Premier League's about. He's not going to be phased by it, as Trippier knew. Um, so from that point of view, all good. He's not prolific. He's a good line leader. Um, he can hold the ball up, link play well. He's good in the air. And he scores a decent number of goals. He's got between 10 and 14 for Burnley in the last four seasons, which considering that Burnley are about on a par with us, isn't bad. It's not world-shattering, but it isn't bad, and he'll do a job. And having seen Newcastle try three blokes in an hour and a half to play centre-forward against Cambridge, by Jove, he was off-needed, so thankfully he's in. Yeah, and with Kieran Trippier coming in as well, we know the quality he has with the, the ball at his feet and the ability to get it into the box. Yeah. You know, Chris Wood's going to be perfect for him. I mean, 50 goals and 155 appearances. And as you've mentioned there, John, Burnley hardly the squad that's going to get up the table and create too many chances. So that's a good record. I, I saw something bizarre yesterday which said Newcastle's signing of Chris Wood is massive disrespect to Anthony Marshall from Manchester United. <laughs> and when you look at his record in a very good Man United squad over the last few years, he's got, I think, four more goals than Chris Wood, but it's but he's played 20 more times. And, as I've said there, in a squad which is five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten times better than 
than the one well, Chris that, Wood's been that in. That was an absolute nonsense. And I've said in our podcasts before, Andrew, don't give me Martial. He hasn't got the belly for a fight. He wants to show both in a, in a side that is capable of that, like Manchester United or whatever. He is not a roll your sleeves up, you know, over the top of your shoulders, desperate dance sort of guy that'll fight you to get you out of trouble. Wood will do that. Uh, so if horses for courses, Wood is much better for Newcastle as they stand. And I was never interested in Martial, as I'm not interested in Aubameyang either, because he falls into that category. We've got to have scrappers. And uh, Trippier's a scrapper and Wood's a scrapper. And we need scrappers with a bit of ability. And Trippier's got it in spades. And Wood is a massive plus, no question. So Chris has spoken to the club and his first words are as follows. This is a very exciting opportunity for me and I'm delighted to be a Newcastle United player. I've played at St. James's Park a few times and it's an amazing place. So to have the chance to represent this club with those incredible supporters behind me and my teammates is very special. The club and manager have been first class during this process and I really can't wait to get onto the pitch and repair the faith they have in me especially with a vital part of the season ahead of us, saying all the right things. And I, I guess, was going to say, was that predictable <laughs> or what? Like, <laughs> I guess one of the, the, the big things, John, is Chris Wood obviously signing. He's the body, he's a striker that Newcastle need. But also the boost that gives to the squad and to the fans on Saturday. Because I did fear that if we got to Saturday and Newcastle hadn't managed to sign anybody, especially a striker, after what happened to Cambridge, the mood around... The club yeah. around the stadium in the stands would be a little bit deflated. It would still be brilliant because we've got war flags and the, the fans have been cracking since the takeover, and you know it would still be a good atmosphere. But I, I do think it would have been a little bit deflated because they look at that and think, well, we needed a striker last week. We haven't got one in. We needed additions. We haven't got them in. But look, this is this is going to really hopefully take the atmosphere to another level on Saturday. Well, it had to, because I, I think the atmosphere would have been very, very fragile, not only on the terraces, not anti the club, just fragile like we're doomed. You know, I mean, I didn't see the result against Cambridge coming. Without a centre-forward, I didn't see us getting knocked out at home by Cambridge in the cup. That was a massive prick to our balloon. It was burst completely. Something had to happen to lift it again. We cannot have... Two successive Saturdays at St James's Park where hope goes out the window. And if we do anything but win against Watford, a defeat is an absolute catastrophe. A draw is not good enough because of other teams with games in hand, etc. These are the sort of games you've got to win and it's a must win. This has given us hope that this can be a victory and possibly will be a victory. And I think it'll have boosted the players as well because I think they were as fragile as possible after Cambridge because all of a sudden they wouldn't have expected Cambridge to end up like that. Trippier certainly wouldn't. And and you look at that and think if help doesn't come in and Callum Wilson isn't going to be fit, 
and we've tried three blokes through the middle during the game and not one of them has managed to notch, uh, what on earth is going to happen to us? And one mistake at the back and we, the game's lost and we do those mistakes at the back. So, you know, we were facing a calamitous uh, um, run into a match that's so crucial, it's untrue. Uh, so we had to get somebody through the door and well done to the new owners that before we've played our first Premier League match of 2022, we've got two players through the door. That is a that is a big, big plus. Um, it was very, very necessary, but we've had necess- necessary situations in the past with Ashley and nothing's happened. So that is good news to us. In terms of that result against Cambridge, I mean, how much of a damage is that to Newcastle's season going forward? What do you think has happened in the last week? Will they have spent a lot of time in analysing what went wrong or do you think all they would have needed was one morning and they could have picked out everything and that's been worked on? Yes, um, I mean, if Newcastle hadn't got Wood through the door to go with Trippier, that result against Cambridge could have killed the match with Watford stone dead. Because whatever you do as a manager, whatever words you say, they can appear hollow to players who go home and think, well, we got turned over by a third tier side. What, what's going to happen when we return to the Premier League? It, was, it would have killed the players and it would have killed the crowd. I don't think Howe will have dwelt on that more than the first day back training after Cambridge to, to flush everything out to uh, tell a few facts and then to build optimism. The biggest thing uh, Howe has had to do this week is try to repair fragile confidence um, because that's that was the biggest danger. That's a bigger danger than Watford to us. But Watford have got their own problems, you know. They've lost seven on the bounce. They're going to be as fragile as it's possible to be. They've bought three non-entities. Maybe they'll turn out to be top-class players. We don't know. They're not household names, that's for certain. So how fragile are they going to be? The first goal, if the first goal comes inside quarter of an hour, whichever side gets it, it's going to be absolutely huge. And uh, it's got to be Newcastle. And I think a lot... It'll be repaired. I mean, what staggered me, and I know we'd had COVID and we'd had a couple of games off and everything, but the last game Newcastle played before Cambridge against Manchester United, they were terrific. And then we come in against Cambridge and we're as bad as it's possible to be. I mean, it's absolutely ludicrous. Looking at Chris Ward and the way way Burnley play, you know, he's very good in the air. Uh, I've got his stats here. So, you know, obviously scored 50 goals in the Premier League. 17 of them have been headed goals. And then if you look at Burnley this season, Burnley rank fifth out of all the clubs for the number of crosses they put into the box. So they've put in 370. Um, Chelsea, Man City, West Ham and Liverpool are above them. Newcastle are right down the bottom, 301. They're 17th there, only Arsenal, Wolves and Leicester below them. And Newcastle are going to have to change their approach slightly. And I, I do wonder what that means for... Alan St. Maxim, who we know likes to take the ball into the box, and he's not one to really no. cross. I mean, to be fair to me, you know, he has put 27 crosses in this season, but he's not one who. No, tends no, to he's too not often. an out and out winger that will supply. Because also, uh, a centre forward who's very, very good in air likes his winger one touch and sling it in. He doesn't like one touch, check back, go again, because he's going in, out, in, out. 
the whole time uh, waiting for the cross. He doesn't like that sort of thing. I think St. Maximum's got to be played almost behind Wood and, and let him run into the box and cause chaos and that and still have two people out wide who will sling in crosses. People like Murphy or Fraser or Richie, who whoever's picked to play up there. Murphy's a terrific crosser of the ball. Um, uh, Fraser can do that. We, we need those guys to do it first time to, to feed this fella. Because, and it is a different approach uh, to what we've had because we haven't been trying to feed an out-and-out head boy, if you like, in the way that Wynne Davies in old days used to be. So we've got to sling in those crosses first time and give him a chance to get on the end of them because that is his strength. He's not quick. He's not quick, but Alan Shearer wasn't quick. But he scored an awful lot of goals. Um, but yes, I, I think that you can't... If you play some maximum as an out-and-out winger, he's going to bamboozle Wood because he's going to cut inside, cut back, he's going to do a twirl, and etc., etc. Et and Wood's not going to know when to go in and when to stay out. Uh, if you play him behind him a bit to cause chaos and let two wingers get down the flanks and knock them in from him, it's more orthodox and it's, it, it will suit him that much better. You mentioned Ryan Fraser. I imagine he's licking his lips at the possibility of having a target man like Chris Wood because yeah. that's Fraser's bread and butter is to get the ball in the box. And we, you know, we, we also saw against Cambridge, Matt Ritchie putting a few crosses in the box and, and no one was there. So the likes of him, Jacob Murphy, they'll all be, if they're in the side, really yeah. looking forward to, to feeding Chris Wood. And I tell you what, I, you know, I was looking forward to PMQs this week a lot. But the, the next thing on the agenda is Sean Dyche's press conference because oh. that is going to be very, very interesting. Absolutely, absolutely. Because he's going to be absolutely raging. Oh, well, I mean, that's the difficulty of putting in a release clause. Unless the clause is so absurd, which is what clubs have done with various other Apparently they thought it would be. Yes, they thought that you would never get anybody willing to pay that sort of money. Now, the... It's a double whammy, isn't it? It's not only you've lost your centre forward and you've all of a sudden got to find one with time running out, but you've lost him to one of your great rivals. You can imagine him wanting to, si wanting to sell the, the centre-halves to us now, can't you, <laughs> after, after that's happened? Um, but, I mean, we had a good inside line on that, didn't we? I mean, uh, Trippier is his agent, the same agent as Wood, so Trippier is obviously alerted uh, Newcastle to the situation during his transfer talks and Newcastle have gone and activated once they're willing to activate it you can do nothing about it apart from trying to persuade Wood that it would be a bad, a bad move for him that's not going to happen isn't it refreshing though to have an ownership who've seen someone they want they've been told that's the price and they've gone out and done it whereas you know we, we've seen previously under the, the last owner where they've known the price you know and sometimes it's been very very low and they're still trying to haggle Whereas, you know, the, 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 yes. it's just refreshing to see the owners be so responsive to what the club need, what Eddie Howe needs, and to go out and actually just do the business. Yeah, I mean, try to run the club properly. They're learning on the hoof because they've never been in a football club before, but they are trying to protect their investment. Ashley never protected his investment, i.e. Newcastle. He just left it up to the uh, to the winds, which way the wind was blowing. Um, we had to do something about the situation, and I'm convinced we'll go on and do more because the, the thing isn't over with two signings. We still need the back door shut. 
we still need a centre-half, for example. We could do with two centre-halves. We could do with an, one more striker in the midfielder. There's, there's plenty on the shopping list, but certainly the, we need a centre-half as the next priority. Um, but the reassuring thing about this management is that they want to do something. And we are entering a period of games which will make or break us. Uh, so it's got to be now it's no good next week or next month it's really got to be now mm. and if I'm not mistaken Newcastle faced Burnley on the last day of the season so I mean that's got at Hollywood, Burnley yeah that's got Hollywood script written all over it hasn't it, it absolutely absolutely I wouldn't like it to go that far no fingers there, crossed Newcastle will be safe by then looking at Watford then John you mentioned their form they've lost the last seven on the bounce they did have that little bit of a managerial new manager bounce that you tend to get when someone new comes yeah. in the dugout. We haven't really seen it with Eddie Howe in terms of the results. No. We've seen it in terms of performance, but we're still waiting on the results. But obviously we're not complaining that Watford's form has dipped off. You know, the last from the last ten they've picked up six points. Newcastle have picked up seven. That's the last ten games. They're missing some key players. I mean Saw who was linked to Manchester United not too long ago. He Looks like he'll be missing. That's massive. That's yeah. massive for us. Dennis, who is their top scorer, he's been linked to Newcastle in previous seasons. He's had a really good season so far. 75% chance he'll be back. Obviously, they didn't want him to go to the African Cup of Nations. He stayed because he, you know he's going to be part of this fight for survival. If he returns in time for Newcastle and Newcastle don't have new defenders in, it's going to be an interesting battle, isn't it? It is. He's a good player uh, and he can finish. Um, he, I mean, Ranieri said that he left him out of the Leicester Cup tie on purpose with Josh King, I think, um, to keep them for the next few games. Uh, and that's understandable. I mean, it's amazing, you know, Watford are two points ahead of us. That's all. That's all. And they've lost their last seven games. Yet, they've won four games this season and Newcastle's won one because they don't draw. They, are, they win the occasional game and lose all the rest. They've won four, we've won one. Um, but they're only two points ahead of us. Uh, and Ranieri was a, a peculiar signing. He's a lovable, lovable character that everybody adores because he's quirky, he's good in the interviews, etc., etc. And he's the luckiest man in the world, God bless him. He was at Leicester when they won the title. And you've got to give him some credit for that, although the machine probably ran itself to a great extent. But that was a wonderful moment for him. But, you know... If Newcastle had appointed Ranieri as manager of us, I would have been decimated because I, I think that he's lived on his reputation a little bit since. He's lost seven on the trot. If he loses to Newcastle and say eight on the trot, it could do for him. That, because these are trigger-happy, yeah. these guys, and this, this match could do for him. I mean, when you look, as we said, they've made three signings, None of them household names. We don't know how good these guys will be until we see them. But like all Watford signings, we didn't really know until they come here how good they are. But it's interesting that all three are defensive players, a left-back, a central defender, and a defensive midfielder. So you can see where they're coming from. The same as all clubs who are near the bottom. If you're near the bottom, you're letting in too many goals, so you try to plug the gaps. We haven't yet, apart from Trippier, but they, they have made an attempt. But the next three games for both clubs are phenomenally important. We have Watford at home, Leeds away, Everton at home. 
all with points available when we look at them. Watford amazingly play Newcastle, Burnley and Norwich. The three teams below them, that's their next three games is the, against the three. Now, what results we want out of that, apart from Newcastle to beat Watford, what we want against Burnley and Norwich, we'll think of in a, in a week and a fortnight's time. But they're crucially, crucially important. If either Newcastle or Watford ought to survive, they've got to get a good points haul out the next three games. And we must get off to a great start. We've been stuck on one win for far, far, far too long. There's no more time. There's no more leeway. There's no more um, ground that can be given. We have to win. Draws no good. Defeats no good. Must win. I don't want to bring the episode down, but if Newcastle lose to Watford on Saturday, yeah, because I, I mean Eddie Howe's come in and he's had to. It's not been a very simple kind of change you know everything there was a lot of things wrong under Steve Bruce you know the training kind of regime the the confidence for a start the way they play so there's been a lot to work on but at what point if Newcastle do lose against Watford does Eddie Howe then start facing really tough questions when Newcastle lose against Watford if Newcastle lose against Watford fingers crossed they won't uh, oh no no I mean I don't expect that to happen but as I said I didn't expect them to lose to Cambridge one week ago even with the lack of a centre forward that they had then I could see them winning 1-0 with some maximum scoring in 74 minutes or something like that didn't happen um, and that was a massive worry and thank goodness we've got Chris Wood through the door before Saturday to redress the balance of the crowd and the dressing room that little bit because we're now at the stage where we can't say we'll do it next week, we'll do it the week after, we'll do it the week after, we're getting better because the good matches, when you're bottom of the league, you don't go on a run where you win five on the trot and you, you beat Man City and Liverpool amongst those. You, you beat the teams at the bottom. Watford are the most vulnerable team outside of Norwich in the Premier League today. They've lost seven on the trot. They're as bad as Norwich. They must pay in this game if they don't win big trouble. But let's not be pessimistic, which is very easy to be with the sort of season we've had. And I think the job that the new regime had, and I include owners and manager in that, was a lot greater than either of them expected. They have just discovered how bad things were, how much rotten wood there was under the surface uh, since they've arrived here. In terms of personnel on Saturday then, and given what happened against Cambridge, which was a very strong team, lots of first-team players Absolutely. in the, the start It should 11. have been strong enough to win. Definitely. Do you foresee Eddie Howe making any massive changes or do you think that's pretty much the side he, he'll go with well it, it's it's very difficult because we never know these days with covid uh, you know it, who's available who's not there was people that weren't in the squad then like lascelles etc etc will they be in uh, available for saturday um 
we never really know about injuries. There's Dummett suddenly appeared on the bench, which was very good news, but he didn't get on. I, I thought under different circumstances he would have got on. If we were winning 1-0 or 2-0 against Cambridge, he would have got on for 10 minutes just to give him a feel of things again. He didn't. You can't expect him to start. But, I mean, if Lascelles and people like that are available and strong, you would think they could well start. Um, so, you know, he, he's got... A situation where he's got to look at the left-back situation. He can't play Manquillo because he's suspended. Um, please don't play Richie, bless him. I love him to death on heart and and etc etc. But he terrifies me to death. As as a, if Saw was playing, it would be a massacre. Um, he's not a full-back. Can you stick Kraft over there when you when you've got Trippier? Can you stick? Clark in there, if Clark was available, who's played left back before, he's he's playing horrendously bad at centre back. Um, but Richie, no. Uh, what do you do in the middle of the park? I mean, uh, Sean Longstaff looked as if he'd gone like snow off a dike in 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 the match against Cambridge. He was absolutely dreadful. I can definitely see Matt Richie being the man to play the left back or left wing back. Maybe Jacob Murphy, but it'd be the wrong side of him. It, it it's it, it's a, it's a position Newcastle. I didn't actually think about it until you mentioned there. But Manquillo injured, Lewis out injured. Yep. Eddie Howe said, on "Well, the... I, he could he could well be picked, but let us not lose sense of the fact that if Matt Ritchie plays left back in a flat back four, in your other position, you target him, mine." Because it doesn't matter how big a heart he is, it doesn't matter how much he cares, it doesn't matter how much he can get forward and cross a ball. Defensively, he goes to sleep. When the ball's on the other side of the pitch to his side, he's gone walkabout. I mean, how, how often do you see him kicking the back post as the ball goes in Newcastle's net because he's annoyed with himself for getting lost? And, and against Premier League opposition... Although it's only Watford, who may not be Premier League for too much longer... It is difficult. He would frighten me to death. And I have admired Richie for the whole of his time at Newcastle because of his big heart and his enthusiasm and his ability. But his ability doesn't include defending. And he would worry me to death in a flat back four playing left back. On Lewis, House said on December the 23rd, on the injury, he picked up a thigh injury with Lewis. And he said, I don't think it'll be too long. It's not a major injury, but enough to keep him out with a festive period and some games into early January. Does the 15th uh, yeah, we, count we, as early January? I mean, fingers crossed he's back. We just we just don't know. I mean, in, in my old days, managers used to tell you day by day what the injury situation was to inform the fans. We have no idea now. We don't know what exactly kept Dummett out for the whole of the season so far uh, and what's happened with other injuries. I know COVID, they don't want to talk about it, but... Klopp does um, we don't know who's going to be available for this match uh, that is the bottom line but he has a situation to look at it at left back he has a situation to look at in midfield who goes with Shelby in the centre of midfield and what does he do up front to rearrange with Wood do you go with some maximum on his shoulder and two wide guys uh, from Murphy and Fraser uh, possibly Richie, um, Almiron is at the moment. Almiron's looking like a, a headless chicken. Bless him. He just uh, 
he just runs and you open the gate and he continued to run and he'll run down Gallagher in into Northumberland Street at the moment. So uh, it it's difficult to know what you'll pick around him because we don't know what's available. But whoever does has got to go in there with some confidence, with some determination and belief. Belief in themselves and belief in other people around them, and above all, belief in Trippier and Wood making a massive difference to this side. Mm, I can see Fraser Murphy on either flank just feeding the crosses into the box. Absolutely. I I think both of those are good crossers of the ball, and if you were looking at just what is ideal for Wood, they would be the pair. Yeah, 100%. Like you say, the midfield, central midfield is really interesting because Sean Longstaff got a, a lot of grief after. And Willock was no better. Yes, yes. I mean, well, he, he was the worst of anything. Yes, he was. And uh, we've mentioned it before in the episode. I, I'm just waiting for it to click because he's clearly got a talent and it's such a shame to see him. He's dropped off so much, but fingers crossed it will click over some point because Newcastle do need something in there and they've been linked to several centre midfielders as well. Probably not... Too, too high up on the priority list. Obviously, they need a defender, need another fullback, yeah. and you know. But they have been linked to quite a few mid uh, midfielders over the last few days. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, obviously, Eddie Howe's press conference on Friday. So hopefully, we will get some injury updates on the likes of Lewis. Uh, obviously, there'll be no Hayden, there'll be no Fernandez because they're long term injuries, which is a shame. Callum Wilson, as well. You mentioned there the Everton game in a few weeks. We have a competition, guys, where you can be within a chance of winning two tickets to that Everton game, which is the first game after the transfer window slams shut at St. James's Park. It's a midweek game, if I'm not yeah. too mistaken. Return of Rafa. It is the return. So lots of things going on. You'll get to see new players. Uh, hopefully two, a few more additions to the two that have already signed. And of course, Rafa Benitez returning to St. James's Park. All you have to do is fill in the form to a link, which I'll attach in the podcast notes. It takes you to our website. You fill in the form. And then you'll be in the hat to win those two tickets. Good luck with that. Um, all that's left to do, John, is, is predict. To, is predict. Yep. Uh, I'm predicting a Newcastle win. If I say that, I must get it right more often than once, which was Burnley. Um, but I am predicting Newcastle win. I think it will be a one-goal win by one goal, whether that's 1-0 or 2-1, by one goal. I think it'll be nervous. I think it'll be a match that we won't enjoy until we hear the final whistle and the relief will be ginormous. It'll not be a match easy to enjoy because you'll be on, on tender hooks because the result is the all-important thing. And unless Newcastle go three up, knowing what their defence is like, you won't be relaxed. But I'm taking Newcastle to win just, and that will keep the season alive. I'm not relaxed now just thinking about it and <laughs> I can't even think about what the players and manager will be like. Mm. My uh, my head says something totally different but I'm not going to tell you what that says. I'm going to go with what my heart says. I'm going to say it's going to be a win because it, anything else is absolutely disastrous. So Newcastle to win. Hopefully we're both right come uh, the end of the game on yeah, Saturday. We've got to, got to be both right and I think we will be just fingers crossed to you guys listening please remember to like and follow the podcast through your podcast provider whether that be on apple or spotify or wherever please leave us a review and star rating as well helps us get the shows out to a wider audience and head over to chroniclelive.co.uk where we will keep you date with all the latest Newcastle United news like i said eddie house press conference on friday and our transfer blog which will run out will which will run for the rest of the month bringing you all the rumors gossip and concrete stories from our writers such as Kieran Kelly and Lee Ryder. Once again, thank you very much for tuning in and enjoy the rest of your week.